This podcast is a continuation of social emotional learning and why it matters. Here we go. Social emotional learning matters in terms of high school and college completion. 70 years ago, or even more, graduation from high school was considered a great accomplishment. The dream of obtaining a college diploma was more of a dream than a reality for most students. Those who graduated from college were considered amongst the few. College-educated graduates were few and far between. Many young people in lower SES brackets, socioeconomic brackets, and the middle class had to help their families along. Most young women married earlier in life and played the traditional role of wife and mother. This did not include college, nor did it include career. Many men were drafted off into the military. This is before women entered the military, so we're talking a long time ago. Most men and women who had jobs worked out of a sense of duty or need to help their families. Much of their salary went to their family of origin or their newly formed families. In short, the priorities of working families did not usually include college. College was not for everyone. When students went to obtain a degree, it was often because they were families of scholars, teachers, or professionals, and or they needed to pursue specializations that required more education than a hot high school diploma. There were always students who wanted to go on to study more intellectual pursuits, but more often than not, the high school diploma opened doors for a decent job that paid a living wage. Students worked toward the goal of obtaining a high school diploma with genuine pride. In today's world, it has become necessary not only to obtain a high school diploma, but to apply to the best schools and hope that one is accepted. Then there is the push to get the best internship and move on to get an undergraduate degree. From there, having a degree from a prestigious college is still not nearly enough. Many students strive to obtain advanced certificates and advanced degrees, sometimes from another institution with an excellent reputation. Other students go on to obtain their PhD to become academicians. And there are students who simply invest their time in an institute of higher learning to make the right connections to get to their desired first job in their chosen field. It is no surprise that students who do not complete high school are at a risk for having limited opportunities in their career paths. They struggle with getting employment or have trouble obtaining jobs that pay minimum wage or slightly above that level. In rare circumstances, students can overcome a lack of formal education or the absence of specialized training such as training to become a mechanic, a plumber, or an electrician. The emphasis on higher education makes it ever so rare that students will not strive for a college diploma.
going back, it is common knowledge that students who do not obtain a high school diploma have a harder time getting those jobs that pay a decent living wage or advance their careers. Yet, what happens when our students are inadequately prepared for the completion of high school? Furthermore, when students graduate high school, enter college, and begin their studies, what are some of the reasons that they become derailed in the process? When statistics show that college non-completion is still at a high level, what can be done at the inception of the K-12 through continuum to prevent such occurrences and to increase the college completion rate even further? First, let's examine some of the concerning statistics. I've honed in on some of the statistics, not all because I don't want to inundate the listeners with a bevy of statistics. Among the latest statistics for high school non-completion, black, Hispanic, and indigenous students are still at the highest risk for high school non-completion, according to ncs.edgov, and I'll include that in my podcast description. Disparities in high school completion exist for students of color and students with disabilities. In 2017, over 2 million students in the United States public school system dropped out of high school. Overall, this represents 5% of the population. However, it is my belief that for Native American students, this rate is higher and is not reported due to the reporting system. I've noticed some of the statistics higher for non-completion in some states than others. In New Mexico and Arizona, it is reported that the overall dropout rate is the highest, whereas Iowa, Kentucky, and Nebraska have the highest overall graduation rates in the nation. The dropout rate is higher for male students than female students. I've examined the typical reasons for non-completion of high school, and this may be common knowledge to many parents, teachers, and leaders. Typical reasons for non-completion of high school include disinterest or boredom with classes, disconnection from school subjects or alienation from peers, family issues, drug addiction, teen pregnancy, involvement with gangs or illegal activity, or the inability to cope in school. Let's look at some more alarming statistics. The college graduation rate in the United States leaves much to be desired. The average college graduation rate in a public institution is 60% over a six-year period. However, the statistics for Hispanic students remain among the lowest, and black students as well. Asian students have the highest graduation rate at about 70%, white students at about 60.1%, and Hispanic students at 49%, 
black students at 41 percent. Nate Worthy E. 2019 includes an interview in her article about college not completion. She spoke to the Vice President of Policy Research from the Institute of Educational Policy, who concludes that the challenges faced by diverse students are mainly financial challenges and challenges around working, family, and paying for college. The article does not include other struggles that derail students, but as a college professor, I've noticed that across demographics, struggles that derail students from completing college are emotional struggles, academic struggles, the inability to cope and handle the struggles of adulthood in that transition from high school to college. Students in all categories struggle with enduring issues such as coping, mental health challenges, and the inability to focus, maintaining healthy relationships, and or a balanced academic and social life. So I ask the greater question, does social emotional learning matter in the cycle of pre-K to 12 and on to undergraduate school all the way through obtaining a master's or PhD? If the components of social emotional learning play into this grand puzzle, how are they to be broken down? What would this look like? And I've categorized this into three separate areas. The first area is interpersonal skills. Interpersonal skills are needed for students to be able to work, not only to work in groups and collaborative teams in school, but to be able to build healthy relationships in the school environment. Students who are unable to navigate relationships and work through conflicts and learn how to express emotions with peers and adults are less likely to succeed in the early grades, and that carries on to the middle grades and into high school. Those problems at the high school level can turn into more serious issues, such as getting into the wrong crowd and being influenced to use drugs, engage in excess drinking, make poor decisions about one's uh, sexuality or sexual activity, making decisions such as getting involved with high-risk activities, breaking the law, and joining a gang. Having good interpersonal skills can involve, can allow individuals to be able to express feelings, to say when, no when they mean it, and to be able to speak up in social situations. Having good interpersonal skills allows students to speak up in class and to get involved in the school learning community on a deeper level, to be able to join clubs, make friends, and to generally feel good in school. Having it good interpersonal skills also means being able to ask for help when needed or to give help when a peer or family member needs it. The second area that I'll address is the area of intrapersonal skills. This means being able to develop oneself. 
When students have been guided in confidence building, when they are taught how to love themselves, how to accept themselves in the early grades, this translates into functioning better in the upper grades. When adolescent years bring on emotional and social turmoil, students are more able to practice self-love, have confidence, foster healthy self-esteem, and have more self-worth. It helps students to remain in situations that are challenging and to persevere. Teachers and adults can help students get through difficult times by listening and developing goals for them. Teachers can help students gain specific skills and have tools to navigate academic and social challenges. Again, setting the foundation in the early years is so vital. The third area is resilience. Resilience is one of those factors that keeps students on track and helps them to complete their goals. This includes goals under the most dire of circumstances. When inevitable problems happen in and out of school, those students with excellent skills and who have the tools remain very strong, determined individuals who can persevere and overcome challenges. This can help students cope better with frustration, overcome difficulties in academic challenge, with academic challenges and with social challenges. This can help students keep a growth mindset, which means that students can be open to change. We can see in the early grades when students do not have a growth mindset, they are easily frust frustrated, they don't adapt to change, and they can tantrum or act out when they don't get their way. So starting in the early grades to teach skills that lead to resilience is essential. The bigger question is, can students be influenced to stay in school, to become less impulsive, and to keep their eyes on the big goal? If there are promising ways to build this into the continuum of the K through 12 system and to implement social emotional learning even earlier, we need to embed these ideas into our current system. Thus far, there are many reasons that social emotional learning should be incorporated into school programs. Social emotional learning covers these three essential areas of growth and many more leading up to the tumultuous years of adolescence and beyond. There are many more reasons to consider social-emotional learning. It helps decrease non-completion of high school and prevents non-completion of college. Finally, I conclude with this thought. When students are able to graduate from middle school and move on to high school, what tools do they need to complete their high school diploma? Do students have the skills and tools needed to navigate through challenges?
In higher education, when students graduate from high school and enter college, can they navigate the challenges before them? For example, if students have academic difficulties and they visit the writing center to learn how to study better or write a composition, do they follow up? Are they able to navigate challenges with financial aid? Are they able to reach out for help? Do they visit the bursar's office to navigate challenges? Do they figure out how to juggle their problems and issues? Or do they just drop out of college? Social emotional learning is not just for the early grades. Social emotional learning helps students understand better ways to advocate for themselves and to help themselves when things get rough. If there is a way to connect the broader concepts learned from the K through 12 continuum on up, social emotional learning can be a valuable component of the K through 12 continuum. Social emotional learning in a larger continuum from pre-K through graduate school must be examined for potential to change the face of how students stay in school, complete their goals, and maintain their grade point average. This continuum does not end with graduation. An excellent foundation of social-emotional learning carries through from the world of the K-12 through continuum up until the world of higher education, career, and beyond. Social-emotional learning matters, and it counts toward having students fulfill their potential to become their best selves as learners, workers, and family members. Thank you for listening.